Hi, I'm Matt Pacilli with the Virginia State Golf Association, and welcome to our Golf in the Commonwealth podcast. This is the third in our Meet the Hiker series and an opportunity to meet our hiker, Don Bostick. To date, Don is leading the way in our fundraising, and if he exceeds $10,000 raised, we'll earn a trip to Pebble Beach with other hikers from across the country who reach the same benchmark. Before we get to the conversation, though, I do want to thank our amazing sponsors and donors who've helped us raise over $30,000 right now to support youth on course efforts here in Virginia. Obviously, walking 100 holes in a day takes strength and endurance, and our friends at Adams Performance have come on as our official fitness training and recovery sponsor. You may recall me having Dr. Kyle Adams on the podcast earlier this season. Kyle himself is TPI certified, and his team works with a ton of athletes and golfers, ranging from guys who play in VSGA Super Senior events to kids playing high school golf. Learn more about getting your athletic edge at adamsperformancerva.com. We also have apparel donations from our friends at Cutter and Buck and Turtleson. Both Cutter and Buck and Turtleson will be outfitting our hikers for this challenge. And when you make a Cutter and Buck purchase through vsga.org store, a portion of the purchase is donated back to the VSGA. So please check that out and use promo code VSGA25 for 25% off regular priced items across their site. And lastly, our friends at Golfdom in McLean, Virginia, Buddy Christensen, owner of Golfdom, is another former guest on the podcast. And Golfdom has a huge selection of equipment, apparel, and services for golfers at every stage of the game. We're grateful for their support and hope you'll visit GolfdomGolf.com to shop their site or learn more. So like I said before, our guest this week is Don Bostic. Don actually lives in Florida, but is coming to Virginia to hike and support the VSGA, which is amazing. He's the executive director of the Friars Golf Club, a club that hosts events at courses across the country with folks who just love golf. Events range from venues like Bandon Dunes and Pinehurst to closer to home places like the Homestead and an upcoming event at Golden Horseshoe. Now, I hope you enjoy my conversation with Don Bostic. Don Bostic, thank you for joining us on the VSGA's Golf in the Commonwealth podcast. Don, you are part of our Meet the Hiker series, who are folks that are going to participate in the VSGA's 100-hole hike to support youth on course efforts here in Virginia. Uh, this is the first time you and I have met, and it might be the first time that our listeners have had the opportunity to hear from you. So, who are you and what do you do? Sure. Well, um, I've been in the industry for, I don't know, 10 or 12 years now, but I've been lucky to run a club called the Friars Golf Club for the last four years. And the Friars is a uh, international golf society or golf fraternity. Um, you know, we've got 700 members all across the world and I run events. So I get paid to play really bad golf with my friends all over the world. Um, and we've got, you know, of the 700 members, I would say maybe 250 live within a hundred mile radius of Washington, DC. So we've got, you know, between Maryland and Northern Virginia, you know, we're, there's a lot of folks in your backyard. Um, and you know, just, I ended up getting connected, you know, I've heard, we, we actually had an event at schoolhouse nine, um, not that long ago. And uh, my friend, Glenn Gray, who's one of our, my fellow hikers, and he's actually a, a coworker of mine now, um, is, you know, kind of told me about what he was doing. And it, it's something that had 
I had been on my radar screen before. Obviously, I'm not. I don't live in Virginia, but uh, I was happy to help out. I, I know you know know a lot about your association and and what you do, and more importantly about what Youth on Course does. So it mm-hmm. was, uh, you know, I kind of jumped at the opportunity, and I think it'll be fun. I might not like myself too much after I'm done with it, but uh, but it sounds like a blast. But um, you know, happy to go into more detail about uh, you know how I got started in golf or. Um, you know, or about the Friars in particular, but I'll let you, uh, let you take it. Yeah. Let's start. With, let's start with how you got started in golf. How did you, where do you live now? Where did you grow up and yeah. how did you, you know, where did you start with the game? Sure. Well, um, I actually just moved back to Jacksonville, Florida, uh, Jackson at the beaches here, uh, just a few months ago. And that's where I grew up. So, um, got started, you know, my kind of grew up pretty blue collar, you know, decent athlete, but my, you know, my dad was a golfer and, uh, he would take me to a place that not unlike schoolhouse nine, actually, there used to be, I think four, nine hole par three courses in Jacksonville. Uh, and they're really, there's none anymore, but, uh, it was Jacksonville university golf course where he would take me. And it was like, you know, $5 to play. And it was, you know, mostly in the summer when I was out of school. So it was just you know, incredibly hot. It's right on the river. So it's just super swampy and, you know, really awful. I don't know what I liked about it, you know, and had like cut down clubs that were like, you know, blades and some of, you know, all mismatched and persimmon woods, but I like being with my dad. And then, you know, you just get that bug, like, you know, once you get one up in the air. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, later I kind of started, he would invite me with his, you know, his buddies would have like a Saturday game and, I was like 12, 13, 14 and, you know, hanging out with his, he and his buddies. Um, so, you know, kind of learned how to act, you know, I was around the adults and, but I probably saw things that were, you know, don't talk, don't talk to mom about you know, sure. kind of stuff, but, uh, but it was a blast. And so, you know, it was a decent little player. I'm a better player now than then, but it, that's never what it was about for me. It was just kind of, you know, I take other sports, I'm pretty competitive at, but golf's just always been social. It's about the people you meet and the places you get to go. And uh, anyway, so, you know, I played pretty much my whole life and graduated college um, here at the University of North Florida, which is here in Jacksonville, and um, was in the restaurant business, kind of bouncing around. And I, this is kind of a cool story. So um, I responded to an ad in the newspaper um, and it said, golfers wanted 750 to a thousand dollars a week sounds like total yeah. bs right but i'm like <laughs> i'm in yeah and my you know you know my dad probably would have said like you know if it sounds too good to be true it probably is um so but i call called the number and it was the sea island caddyshack which is sea island is five-star resort you know we've taken the friars there it's an awesome place but it's about 80 miles north of jacksonville so it's like, uh, hey, you know, they asked me like five questions, like, you know, what are the four majors? What is a par? <laughs> it's just like trying to weed you out, like if you knew anything about golf, right? Uh-huh. And then they're like, you know, show up next week. There's two weeks of unpaid training. <laughs> you know, like what a what a great deal, right? Yeah. So, but I was in, right? And I went there and I just like fell in love with it. Within two weeks, I was I literally one of my first loops. I caddied for um, the head professional at Pine Valley. Um, former president, this was a foursome that was in the Sea Island Invitational, former president of the USGA, um, the owner of the Baltimore Ravens, 
<laughs> you know, it was just crazy, right? Yeah. Um, uh, so anyway, I loved it. I was making good money and um, meeting lots of really interesting people and, you know, driving back and forth from Jacksonville, and, uh, which was, it was a lot, but I was young and I was kind of addicted. Um, and then it's, you know, I think I started in like February or March and it's like May and all these old like grizzled caddies are like, well, what are you going to do this summer? I'm like, what do you mean? I'm just going to keep working, like making lots of money. This is the greatest thing yeah. ever. Right. And they're like, well, nobody comes here in the summer. You moron. Like it's hot as hell. Right. So I'm like, oh, you know, what's, what's going to happen here? You know, I got a, I just bought a house. And anyway, so I'm like, well, I don't know. So a couple of guys were going to whistling straights. So I ended up there for the summer. And, and then I ended up opening up the caddy program at, um, TPC Sawgrass. I worked for a company called Caddy Master. They're still around. They're kind of the largest um, caddy program in the country. And they've got mm -hmm. contracts with all the top resorts and even Augusta National. So, but also, so little did I know the gentleman that wrote that five question questionnaire, and he was actually the president of Caddy Master Enterprises at that time, is my current owner <laughs> and mm -hmm. one of my best friends, he, uh, Jeff Renzuli. So he, you know, I didn't know, I didn't meet him until 10 years later, but um, anyway, so that was pretty interesting. So I kind of, I did that for like five years um, and I loved it, honestly, but it was time to get a real job and ended up kind of using some contacts that I had at Sawgrass to get my foot in the door for a, there's a story there too, but I got into the hotel, hotel sales and, you know, luxury hotel sales. And I started at the Greenbrier. Okay. So I was running, um, meetings and events. And then I was kind of the, you know, the, the guy that booked all the golf trips is kind of where I started. Um, but you know, got promoted a few times and ended up, um, as the director of sales at Pinehurst resort for three years. And I was there, mm -hmm. I started like three months before the 2014 U S opens. Um, you know, we built the cradle while I was there, um, okay. you know, had a lot of success. It was cool. So Pinehurst is like the center of the golf universe. Anybody that's in the golf business is coming there you know, yeah. at least once a year or something. So it was the contacts I made there were, you know, were really amazing and, the the friars were an entity you know before i took it over um and they were a customer of mine so i was trying to sign them when i was at the greenbrier and mm -hmm. trying to book them at pinehurst and stuff like that and jeff became a good friend of mine and i had joined the club and he had grown it to um you know about 400 members and they were doing like six or seven trips a year and he thought you know he was just kind of wore out he's like is this something you'd be interested in taking over and i'm like you're going to pay me to, you know, run golf events and go play golf all around the world. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. So, you know, currently, I, I think I said, we started a little under 400 members. We're, we're approaching, we're going to hit 700 by the end of this year. That was, that was 2018 when I started and we're going to run 35 events this year. So, you know, my, really my, everything that's happened in my life is because of golf, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, and it's, and it's, I've got this, you know, amazing networks of network of friends, because of it. And it's just, it's, it's amazing. So, you know, not to get too philosophical, you're going to, you probably know a lot more about youth on course than I do, but it's, you know, why not give a bunch of other people an opportunity and raising some money to help them sounds like a, a good idea. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, what you're getting at is, you know, <laughs> is the long game of anything that we, we try to do with, with youth on course or that anybody is trying to do with the, under the sort of grow the game, terminology which is can get a bit cliched but 
you know, what you've done is created and had opportunities to be within communities of golfers. And this is what you're doing now is this great community of golfers across the United States and other countries who come together, uh, like-minded guys in the sake of playing golf, having fun, camaraderie, being at a fun course and having a good time. And, you know, with youth on course, it gives us the opportunity to lay some groundwork for kids to have a future in the industry. And whether that future is just recreational or it grows into caddying or scholarships or into a career or playing professionally, whatever that is, it helps with that point of access of coming in and getting started and learning all of the fantastic things and opportunities that you have to learn and to network within the game, which is what is just so special because I think, like you said, a lot of us will probably look back and say, man, a lot of what I have in life is because of golf. And maybe it's something that you learned or maybe it's someone that you've met, uh, just how special those types of opportunities are. And it's special to us to have someone like you coming from outside of the state to play with us, to support the efforts that we have going here. And that means a lot and means a lot to, to what we're going to be able to do for youth. What is it about youth on course that, that speaks to you and that, that, that has your interest? Obviously you mentioned that you've known of it for a little while. Um, but it is a, it is a special and it's a unique organization and you know, what kind of drew you into it? Well, I don't want to don't want to misspeak, but I think I think you really summed that up well. I, I, I didn't even come to that conclusion until I was saying the words. But you know, just the all everything the game of golf has given me, and it was really just kind of you know, something I you know was just kind of following around my dad, and it ended up I, you know I've turned a career into you know I've turned a you know really nice career and a lot of great friendships and connections. So you know, from what I know, just following youth on course, I think they started out in Northern California and they they've kind of grown like wildfire throughout the, you know, the Southeast and the mid Atlantic now is that it's really simple. Like grow the game is, is this, like you said, it's kind of cliche and you know, what does it really mean? But like, this is like a, it's a very easy thing to explain. And I, again, I don't want to misspeak, but it's like, um, you know, it's, it's access. Is it anybody under six, 16 and under, is that correct? Ages six to 18. Six to 18. So, yeah. and it's $5 golf. That yeah. Amazing golf courses. Right. So, you know, that's easy to explain. And it's, you know, why, you know, kids that, you know, have access to play, a, it doesn't even matter the quality of the golf course. Although places like Pebble Beach and Pinehurst are involved with this too, which is pretty high quality. But again, $5, really easy to understand. But you guys are supporting your your customers or your contacts are the golf courses you know you correct them yeah to be, so but you're supporting them because like well yeah it's a great idea to give away five dollar golf but like the the money that you're raising is supplementing those courses to you know so they can keep their you know stay open <laughs> and, yeah you know, and they can they which is fantastic so everybody wins and you know again the long game is is really the interesting thing is how you you know, how youth on course stays in contact or tracks these kids that are active within the program. And, and, you know, I think it's been talked about a lot. So it's certainly, you know, the words out of my mouth aren't going to hold that much weight, but what the game of golf can teach you, you know, it's a, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's, you know, I think 
you know, uh, First Tee does a great job of that. They, they talk about the, you know, the, the morality and the lessons that, that you learn, but I think that's real. And uh, more importantly, it's the, I think it's the, you know, it's just a, it sets you up for, I think it really does set you up for success. And it's like, it's a game that's, I love all sports, but it's a very, it is by far the most social sport. So you're going to, if you spend four and a half to five hours with three other people, you're going to get to know their likes and dislikes, learn about their family. You've made a connection and it's something Mm -hmm. that may help you out later down the line. It may be somebody that you play more golf with or, you know, become a, a business connection, things like that. That doesn't happen when you on a basketball court. I love right. basketball, but you're just trying to beat the hell out of that guy next to you, <laughs> you know, and you're yeah. just running up and down the court sweating. You're not like you don't know anything about him when you're done um, or, you know, or a tennis court or a football field. You know, that, that's just not it doesn't create that type of bond because, um, you know, when you break it down, break down a round of golf, there's really not a lot of action. <laughs> there's just a lot of, you know, there's a lot of talking and waiting, yeah. you know, which isn't for everybody. But obviously, you know, I think it's amazing. Tell us now a little bit about the Friars Golf Club. You talked about how you got into it, but before you got involved with it, what is what are the origins of the organization and who can join and what do they, quote unquote, get? What what happens? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the club's been around 26 years um, and it's it's really when I use the word fraternity, but we've got, you know, we've got lots of lady members. We were just, we'd had a trip um, just last week. I got back from the Broadmoor and we had 50 people there. And I think it was 50, 50, you know, 25 women, 25 men, a lot of couples were there, but so the, you know, the the broader question is, you know, what the club's all about. And it's really, um, you know, golf societies are very popular in the UK and Europe and they've been around a while. And, it's a growing segment here in the United States, I would say, but it's, we're not so much, I mean, it's, so basically it's, it's built for, you know, people that love golf and are looking for access to, you know, all the wonderful trips that we put on the docket, which, you know, we've got 25 to 30 different, um, you know, destinations, whether it, you know, be a a multi-day trip to a place like Casa de Campo or the Broadmoor or Pinehurst or one day events at private clubs like, you know, we were just at Plainfield Country Club two weeks ago in New Jersey or Medina or there in Virginia. We've got we've got 25 members at RTJ and we've had several events there, um, you know, or, you know, and we've used the homestead there, which is one of my favorite places there in the state of Virginia. Um, so you get access to all those trips, but you, really it's about the people. It's, you know, it's do you love golf and do you love meeting new people and, and connecting? So, you know, through our app our members can connect and talk to each other about, you know, what clubs they're members of and, and play each other's courses. So, you know, it's all, it's, you gotta jump in feet first. I mean, it's a, you have to be comfortable, you know, traveling with strangers and hopefully at the end of the trip, those strangers become great friends and you stay in contact with them. But, you know, if the more you participate, the more you get out of it, you know, there's, I've got, it's so cool to connect people, you know, that I know that will get along or that, or in the same business or whatever, whatever the connection is, but they end up, you know, playing a great course like Quail Hollow or, you know, Sawgrass Country Club or whatever, you know, the, and being able to give our, my members that type of access is really cool. Um, anyone can join. Um, we only have one rule and uh, 
it's a well, it's, we'll just call it no jerks allowed. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. I'm glad you caught that. Good for you. And that's a that's okay. But uh, you know, it's that's kind of funny, but it's also kind of self policing. But that's really what it's all about. So it doesn't matter. You know, I think our youngest friar is 19. Our oldest friar is 84. Um, blue collar, white collar, Democrat, Republican. You know, it doesn't it doesn't matter. It doesn't you know it doesn't matter if you've got a five thousand dollar set of pxgs or you know and, and if it does matter if somebody wants to play like that then they're out that's not what it's about so you know you get to if you've got friends on a trip yeah you get to play with those guys but it's not a it's not a click you know one day mm-hmm. you're gonna have to play with somebody new and, and meet somebody new and that's that's really what it's about you know and it's it's a lot of fun it's it's been fun to sell it and to grow it and to kind of you know preach the gospel i mean really our our members are, you know, who spreads the word, you know, they get back from a trip and they, you know, they're posting on Facebook or they're talking to their friends at their club. And it's like, well, what's that all about? And then, you know, we get referrals. Um, and the other, I talked about the, you know, everybody's allowed, but you do not have to be a member of a private club. We're not trying to build, you know, a network of access. It's really just a network of great people that we're trying to build. So it's, it sounds like from, from the reading up I did on the website, it sounds like people are, and you referenced it a little bit within the app is that people are in touch with one another to say, Hey, I'm coming through town. Can we get together to play? And you know, those types of connections happen beyond the events, the trips. Yeah. Yeah. Beyond the trips. What was 2020 like for you all in amongst COVID? Yeah. Um, well, it, it kind of, you know, I was, I guess I was so focused on my job. I mean, I remember that, you know, and believe me, lots of people had it worse, but the travel industry was obviously it was difficult and it affected us. But I remember in March, um, it was like March 11th, 12th, 13th, something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, we had an event the following weekend in uh, Myrtle Beach. And it was kind of a small event. I think we had 24 or 28 people. We were playing um, Caledonia and True Blue. Um two great courses never yeah. had that the event got canceled. And, you know, and I, I, just, I was like, you know, obviously I was reading the news and I'm like, well, everything's still open in South Carolina and my members aren't, they're not bombarding me with questions. But then, you know, three days later, that was a hundred percent the right idea. You know, the, mm-hmm. we made the right call and um, you know, the world shut down and it was uh, basically you know, we, we, we benefited from, you know, a PPE loan or, or PPP loan, which helped us, um, you know, cover our, uh, payroll for a few months. And we, we basically, you know, we had, a, we had a whole, um, I was in, in the process of putting together, you know, our 2021 schedule, you know, contracts were, a lot of them were signed. Um, it was interesting. I mean, obviously, but golf kept was booming. You know, we, we didn't realize that at the time, but by like mm-hmm. mid to late April, it was obvious that all of our yeah. members were playing more golf than they'd never played in their life. Right. But maybe not, you know, at their home club. Right. They weren't traveling. But, at, you know, I was living in Pinehurst at the time and I, people were kind of traveling. Pinehurst was like sneaky, busy, even though the hotel wasn't open, the golf courses were, were open. And I was getting all these texts and emails from people that were just getting stir crazy from Virginia to the Carolinas and Florida. Like, you know, I just, I'm going to come up there for a couple of days. What's it look like? And, you know, I mean, I, I, I helped them out as best I could. And, you know, I had a lot of beers and had, played a lot of golf with mm-hmm. some people that came through, but we, um, you know, we officially 
so and then we released the 2021 schedule in um, I think middle of June or something, you know, and we were still weren't, weren't operating events, obviously. Um, and everything just sold like wildfire because people were sitting at home in front of their computers and dreaming about these, you know, destinations and hoping that the world would be different. And, you know, I, I'm not, it's certainly not going to make any political statements, but it was, I mean, it is different this year. Obviously the hotels and resorts all across the country are really busy and people are traveling, but, but COVID's still here. It's not going anywhere, but um, so anyway, so we just kind of were dormant all summer and we had our first event. Um, you know, there was a lot of debate and obviously different states were opening up and, you know, we're not a golf course. So it's not like we're just beholden to whatever that state or that venue's mm -hmm. laws were. And so we had an event um, August 1st of um, last year at Pete Dye Golf Club in Bridgeport, West Virginia. And, um, you know, most, I think, you know, 99% of the people that attended, we had, it was well attended. I think we had 50 people, you know, they drove in and, you know, we, we, uh, you know, our, we didn't do much on the food and beverage side. You know, it was like people just, you kind of showed up for your tea time. And if you wanted an individual cart, you know, you did that or you walked and it, but it was really successful. People were really excited to come back. And I can tell you, you know, we didn't really slow down from August 1st until today. Um, you know, the large, large majority of the trips that we've had, we've run have been sold out. So, you know, I don't know if it was, you know, pent up demand, I guess is probably the easiest thing to say. But um, if you, if you just look at, you know, if you call <clears throat> private clubs, hotels, resorts in the golf industry um, in 2021, they're all experiencing record numbers. So, you know, which is great. Um, so well, you talked about, you talked, sorry, you talked about the popularity of golf societies overseas and mm -hmm. the, the growing number of them in the United States. But I would have to imagine that we're going to see that continue growth in America beyond just because of what everyone has experienced in the last year of sure. the quarantine period. And now really shifting to just wanting to be outside and wanting to be together and appreciating being able to play golf with someone else who you've not played with before somewhere else. Yeah, so, I think, you know, and, and obviously my <clears throat> scope is pretty narrow and not, you know, I focus on my business, but <clears throat> you know, I think if you're a 25 to 45 year old, you know, professional, you're, you know, you're working for a living and you're a golf fanatic, you know, obviously <clears throat> you're looking, you know, you read, you're on the internet looking at, you know, abandoned dunes and Pinehurst and all these great destinations. And you're, you're a consumer. I mean, you, you know, what's going on in the industry. Um, and what, I just think the attraction for those people, those individuals of just joining the local country club, because that's the course that's closest to you and spending $20,000 a year with them to play one golf course when you could spend, you could take five or six trips with me and spend less and play really high quality golf and meet yeah. and meet some people that are members at great, you know, really high quality golf courses and, you know, maybe do a couple trips on your own where, you know, do we just go up to play, you know, around at congressional or Baltus Raw or something, you know? So it's like, I just think it's a, 
I don't know. I mean, I, I don't, the country, I, I, I can't speak with, you know, what the country club business is looking like, but I just feel like their model, I, I like our model seems more agile. Right? Mm-hmm. It seems more, it seems more ready for the future in my eyes than, than what they're, what they're trying to sell. Sure. Well, let's, <clears throat> before we wrap up, you have an event on the calendar for October, I think that's coming to Golden Horseshoe in Williamsburg yeah. in Virginia. Talk a little Sorry. bit about that. Um, actually I have never, I've, I have never been there on property. I've been through Colonial Williamsburg and I've been to, um, I'm going to misplace the name there. What's the other resort there? Kingsmill. Kingsmill. Yep. I've been there. Um, but obviously the golden horseshoe is, you know, for years and years was one of, if not the number one course in the state, there's obviously a lot of new stuff in the last 20 years, but it's, you know, Robert Trent Jones course. Um, they've spent some money on it in the last year, year and a half. I think they redid some bunkering you know, redid the greens. Um, but it's, you know, it's a, it's a great, it's a historic destination that a lot of people know of. And it's, this was kind of a, it's kind of a quick trip. Um, just like a Friday, Saturday, we're going to, we're going to kick it off on there. They've got a par three course, um, which I love par three courses. And the, and the par three course, <laughs> the Spotswood course is a participating youth on course club. Cool. So youth on course members can get through there for $5. I, I had to interject. So you, <laughs> no, that's you awesome. take it away from here now. I mean, there's a big trend in the industry of par three courses. And I, I just, I mean, as much as I love golf, sometimes, you know, nobody's going to feel sorry for me, but sometimes it feels like work. And the worst thing, the worst feeling in the round of golf is hitting a ball is hit, taking your driver out and hitting it out of bounds. Right. Like that's just mm-hmm. terrible. Like I really hate it. I stay up at night sometimes thinking about that. You don't have to worry about that on a par three course. Like it kind of levels the playing field. Everything's more fun. It's quicker. Anyway, so we're going we're yeah. to have a fun little maybe a three club tournament there, um, you know, great dinner that night. And then we've got Saturday and Sunday rounds on the Golden Horseshoe. So we get to, you know, play the big boy course and see what that's all about. Um, but it's yeah, it should be a great time of year um, there in that area. October, early October, the temperature should be dipping just a bit. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we're excited about it. Awesome. Well, Don, it's so great to have met you and to have you coming to the Commonwealth a couple of times here this fall, one to support us with the youth on course and the hundred hole hike. That really means a lot to have someone like you of what you do um, coming from outside of the state to support the work that we're doing here in Virginia and to help us in our first year now get youth on course really off the ground, have it well-funded so that we can continue to grow this into the years to come and provide more access points for kids to get into the game which is really what so much of so much of golf should be about is access points for anyone to get into the game um, and to to reap the rewards from from all that it that it has to offer certainly you've reaped some of those as well so thank you so much don for taking the time thank you for what you do with the friars golf club i hope folks will check that out as well and uh, we look forward to hiking with you on the 21st yes sir thank you matt i appreciate it Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Golf in the Commonwealth, and big thanks to Don Bostic. You can pledge on Don's hike or anyone else's at vsga.org slash youthoncourse and click on the link for the 100-hole hike. Keep an eye on the podcast feed and social media for more content related to the 100-hole hike, and we'll see you in the fairway soon.